Hello and welcome back to The Next Delicious Thing. I'm Jennifer Earl, your host, and it's been a while. One of the most popular episodes in Series 1 was the rundown I gave after visiting IFE, the International Food Exhibition. I think because some of the people who listen to this podcast work in the food industry, and I remember from when I was a developer at McDonald's and working in the food department at M&S as a buyer, it was so hard to get out to food trade shows. Basically, when you went, you had to catch up on your work in the evenings. I was writing about everything that I saw at the lunch trade show, which I went to in September, and it was getting really long. And I thought, actually, it's probably easier for some of you to listen. So I'm back with a special one-off episode, letting you know what I saw at the lunch trade show, which was at Excel in mid-September 2022. This episode is going to be about the things that stood out to me and things that were new. There were lots of products that I saw that were great that I have seen before. And there were lots of products I saw that I don't really think are worth mentioning. (laughs) But I've got some chocolate to tell you about and some snacking products and quite a lot of um, plant-based vegan things as well. So the first product I want to tell you about, because it was the one that kind of made me realize I should not be so judgy, is Hue Chocolate. I admit, I looked at the packaging and when I'd seen it in Whole Foods or Planet Organic, and I thought it was kind of bro brand, meaning that I felt like they were jumping on the paleo trend with a not really paleo product. And I kind of just figured they'd taken um, just a big chocolate company's chocolate and melted it down and were repackaging it. And therefore, it probably tasted pretty average at best. But, dear listener, I was wrong. So, Hugh are making their chocolate from the bean and they are apparently really being very conscious to ethically source their beans. In fact, I was told they've hired a bunch more people to find equally good beans to manage their increasing demand. And they're good. It's not quite in the league of the best craft chocolate, but it's so refreshing that they're not just buying this so-called ethical chocolate from a big manufacturer. And combined with the fillings that they all have, they're like bars which have a filling, a praline mostly, so a bit truffle-like. I really enjoyed them. My clear favorites were the hazelnut butter inside their dark chocolate bar and they've just launched a milk chocolate range as well and in that range um, it's a 48% cocoa content milk chocolate their almond and coconut crunch was very moorish so Hugh began as a paleo restaurant in New York City um, called Hugh Kitchen it was founded by family members Jordan, Jessica and Jason after the pandemic they closed the restaurant because obviously so much harder in hospitality to weather that particular storm. They had already launched their chocolate bars in the US in 2013. They then just put all the focus on these products and launched in the UK in 2021. So do check them out if you see them around. Um, Really, really lovely seeming company and some tasty chocolate. The other chocolate company, which you probably are familiar with, they've been around for a long time, is Ombar. They are a vegan bean-to-bar chocolate company. They purchase their own beans and they get involved right from the farming and harvesting as well. They have just launched an oat milk chocolate with hazelnuts. 
you can tell that there's oat in it. So it does taste kind of oaty, but it's a great taste. And it was a finalist for one of the awards at the show as well. The best vegan cheese I've ever tried. I tried at the show. It was by Jay and Joy. The founders, Mary and Eric, a couple who were living in France, they were vegetarian and then turned vegan and really missed proper French cheese. And like when they went to have dinner with friends, it was it's kind of like awkward, I guess. So Mary started making her own cheese and people liked what she was making. So she decided to go and train under cheese making masters in France, which is obviously like the capital of cheese. Although incidentally, there are more varieties of cheese in the UK than in France. Under these masters, she learned how to appropriate their knowledge and skills using cows and goats and sheep's milk into cheeses made primarily using cashew milk. So they're made in the traditional French style and they are so incredible. I've had good cheeses, which also have like the furry rind on them, the way that these do from other vegan cheesemakers, but the tang in them and just it's next level. The packaging makes it look like traditional animal milk cheese, but that's not just for show. The packaging is chosen because of its breathability or lack of, like it's it's all designed to really replicate what goes into animal cheeses to really deliver on flavor. And yeah, they make thousands every week now. They sell them in supermarkets across France and they have their own store. I'm hoping someone will pick them up in the UK because they are truly fantastic. From a supermarket type cheese perspective, another company that is launching into the UK is a one called Oddly Good, and they had a sliced Gouda, which was really surprisingly good and I think would work great in a burger or a kind of toasted cheese sandwich. Also on the vegan dairy replacements, the Coconut Collab, who primarily do yogurts and desserts, they've launched a double cream, which is apparently very whippable. They actually launched it at Wimbledon, but I missed it. So um, that is very exciting news for vegans rather than having to put a tin of coconut milk in the fridge, then just scoop off the, the coconut cream at the top, which is how often vegans substitute whipped cream. They can buy this now. So it's a great pouring cream and it whips too. I'm going to share with you a few vegan meat replacements that I saw and then also some plant-based options that are not attempting to be meat which were also delicious so the vegan meat replacements the most impressive one I saw was by a company called redefine meat they had several different versions of meat but their beef flank pulled apart in a way that was just so beef like it was kind of creepy (laughs) And yeah, a bit disturbing, but their ingredient list was all things that you'd recognize with the protein coming from a combination of wheat, soy, and potato, and some of the coloring is coming from beet and cherry juice. Uh, So yeah, it was made into like a slow cooked beef with a truffle potato mash and like a port wine jus. It was incredible. They're really targeting kind of high-end restaurants um, and already are in several high-end restaurants, but hopefully it'll be available for consumers as well. The second most impressive vegan meat I saw was in sausages made by the Curious Vegan Company, who launched the week of the show in September 2022, and their first customers were boarding schools, and the kids cleaned their plates, which is obviously a sure sign of success. 
the sausage skin I had to ask was made of seaweed. It was so reminiscent of a meat sausage and their pork and chicken options were also really impressive. What I particularly loved was that the protein was ethically sourced peas, which are the only plant which actually provides more nutrition back to the soil than it takes. If you're a farmer, you have to have crop rotation because different crops affect the soil in different ways. So for potatoes, for example, you shouldn't replant potatoes in the same field for at least seven years to give it time to recover. But for peas, it actually helps for other things to grow there. And all of the seasonings are grown on an indoor vertical farm in the UK, which is just really environmentally sensitive. Another meat company that launched was Lee Meatless. It was L-I Meatless. They had some very impressive burgers. I just also want to shout out to Eat Planted and Biffs, who were worth noting for both taste and texture and also short ingredient lists, which is quite a priority for customers who are looking to sub out meat for plant-based alternatives. Now for things that are not trying to be meat replacements, at least not direct, like trying to look and taste like meat. I really want to mention the Simple Root, which is a company I saw previewed at an earlier food show and it's now in stores. Their plant-based sources are wonderful. They're really full of vegetables and properly tasty. I also saw a company called Do Goodly, which is a range of ambient plant-based dips with a really long shelf life. Perfect with Craddock's Vegetable Crackers. Welsh company, been around for a long time, but were nearby and just an excellent pairing. On the drinks side, there was a lot of kombucha and healthier soft drinks there. The two that I was particularly impressed by were Holos Kombucha, H-O-L-O-S. Some are pasteurized to be more of a soft drink alternative and then others are there for more of the health benefits. The packaging for both was excellent, really striking and the kind of you know, thing you can drink without people looking at you like, oh, you're having kombucha. I also really liked hip pop drinks, which are based up in Cheshire, opening soon in Manchester. Their kombucha tasted excellent, and they also have uh, living soda drinks where they are using apple cider vinegar to make a healthier soft drink for people who don't necessarily enjoy the taste of kombucha, like it's a bit too funky for them. Although I found their kombucha very accessible. And then their third group of drinks is a kombucha with added CBD. So there is 20 milligrams per can. From a snacking perspective, Joe and Seth, the very famous popcorn company, have launched a bagged sweet and salty popcorn, which is more indulgent than other bagged popcorn, as it's caramel rather than just sugar, but not as (laughs) decadent as their classic range, which I think people have more as a treat than kind of on their way home from school or with their lunch at work. In healthier snacking, urban fruit have mango pieces which have been soaked in passion fruit and lime and then gently baked. They're really satisfying for a sweet craving, but don't leave you feeling like kind of unbalanced afterwards or feeling sick because you've just eaten so much sugar. I also really enjoyed the gently baked blueberries, which were great for munching or using as an ingredient in baking. A female-owned company at the show for the first time was one called Eva Bold. They had a range of sweet and savory crackers that were high in protein and low in sugar, 
really nutritious and tasty too like just proper food <laughs> real ingredients just blended together and baked um so great for snacking and filling you up and um, when you need it in between meals and high in fiber as well they were a finalist in the best new special diet product finally I was pretty astounded by a biscuit that claimed it met the government's new HFSS guidelines. Those are the guidelines, well, the regulations on calories, saturated fat, salt and sugar in products which came into place on the 1st of this month, October 2022. These regulations restrict the positioning of the products which are too high on the overall ranking, so they can't be put by the tills, and also the possibility for them to be on deals like a two-for-one deal. It also won't be possible for products which don't meet the HFSS criteria to be advertised on TV. So the overall aim is to make those kind of products that are not good for us less in our face and less tempting. At first I was like, oh, it seems really extreme. And does it really factor in the good fats like nuts and seeds? But that does apparently come into the equation and yeah, not having candy bars by the till, which a lot of businesses don't do now anyway, is not such a bad thing. In fact, really a very good thing. Anyway, this company, which was launching at the show, JNCK Bakery, it was founded by two brothers, Alex and Sean, who both previously worked at the Heart Group, which uh, produced um, my protein and other nutrition brands. And Alex specifically worked in NPD there, heading it up. So from all of his experience there, he then spent time making over 2,000 different recipes to come up with these cookies that tasted like a standard cookie, but met the HFSS guidelines and they're the only company to do so. So there's no hemp seeds or other ingredients that kind of claim health benefits. They just happen to be 90% less sugar than a standard cookie with added protein and high in fiber. When I tasted their three options at the show, I was really impressed. It was almost impossible to discern this was at the end of the day I'd been there all day tasting things but it was almost impossible to discern the difference between them and just anyone selling a cookie they offered for me to take some home and when I did I did notice it just wasn't quite as satisfying for me there was that kind of cooling feeling the sensation that you get from some products that are lower in sugar than they would normally be and being a bit nitpicky, I think if you were not paying that much attention, then you might not notice the difference. As a retailer, being able to have these products at the till for an impulse purchase seems like a massive benefit. So I can totally see how and why they will do really well. So definitely one to check out if you are a retailer. Two more, I remembered. Hummus and falafel. A company called Metzete Hummus. If you hear something's backpacked and has a six-month shelf life, it might make you think of like Frankenfood, but actually it is cool science that doesn't damage the product or make it any less nutritious. And this hummus is made the way it should be. So the way it's traditionally made is to not have any oil added to it. It's just the liquid from cooking the chickpeas and then lemon juice. The oil that you see in hummus in most supermarkets is to preserve the shelf life. The science at the moment says that the oil from seeds like rapeseed, canola, sunflower are quite a big health concern, more than we previously thought. Extra virgin olive oil is not included in that list. Neither are cocoa butter or coconut oil, although the science on those two is not 100% yet. But anyway, the metzete hummus was really tasty and it's so great that it's not full of oil but still has the same smoothness and the same taste and 
really, yeah, really impressed. So hopefully you'll see those in your stores at some point. And London Falafel were exhibiting. They had some excellent falafel, which is available for caterers and retail and possibly direct to consumer. All the links for everything that I've talked about will be on the website, thenextdeliciousing.com. Remember, I am still sending weekly emails sharing the interesting things that I've tasted. So go to thenextdeliciousing.com and you can sign up and get those. Any questions, send me an email, thenextdeliciousing at gmail.com. And please, if you like this episode, share it with somebody and remember to subscribe because I will be coming back with more episodes, very exciting ones, later in the year. Thanks for listening and I wish you very happy eating.